You're listening to the United Wrestling Network, and this is The Push. Hello, everyone. My name is Nick Bonanno. I am a producer and the senior official for the United Wrestling Network. I'd like to welcome you to The Push. Uh, basically, it is a weekly segment where we highlight one of our talents from the United Wrestling Network. And this week, our talent is none other than Danny Limelight Rivera. So uh, before we get to Danny, I'd like to introduce uh, my co-host for this, straight from Championship Wrestling, presented by Pro Shingle in Memphis on CW30, Dustin Starr. What's going on? How you doing, Dustin? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Nick. Excellent. Thank you for joining us. And of course, the man of the hour, Danny Limelight Rivera. How are you doing, Danny? Hey, what's going on, Nick? What's up, Dustin? I love the hair. How you doing, brother? You got it. Thanks. I know we were joking before, but man, that beard. If I could grow that beard, I'd be in real good shape, brother. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta wear a hat because, you know, these days my hair ain't looking as good as yours. So. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. The worst thing was uh, going, you know, over a month without a haircut when typically I get it cut every single week yeah, so it was like withdrawals you know what i mean yeah i'm a weekly haircut guy too so i totally feel you on the we had I, I think i waited a month and a half before i had my first haircut and i was like i couldn't wait any longer wow Man. well cool thing that we're all here sorry real quick nick uh that we're all here sure. one of the first times this is one of the first times we've actually talked like face to face really danny it so is. just to give the viewers a little insight We've communicated through various forms of social media. I think we've worked on the same cards together, but actually having kind of a face-to-face -face conversation is, is really cool, especially after seeing the video that was released over the weekend. I think it aired a couple of weeks back on yeah. Championship Wrestling, but the title of it was Who is Danny Limelight? And so that's that sprung this whole podcast and live stream and everything, man. That video was absolutely incredible. Thank you. I I um I just wanted to say thank you to everybody that was involved in it. You know, everybody at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, Justin behind the camera, you know, Mr. Marquez and, and, and even Nick, you know, yourself as well, Nick Bonanno and Carmine, everybody that like, just gave me that platform to tell my story. I'm really appreciative of it. And it was it was it was something special. You know, I was watching it back. I watched it with my daughter. I watched it with my friends and you know, cool. talking about it. And, and it was it was awesome. Well, I, I typically get to kind of preview the, the show a couple of days ahead of time because it, it goes from from Nick and Evan and everybody in the office over to to Memphis. And then when we review it, I kind of get to get an insight sometimes on some of the stuff that I might not know is going to air that week or, or whatever the case may be. But I remember reaching out to you on direct message immediately and saying, hey, man, this thing is cool. Have you seen it? Just to kind of give you a heads up that it was coming. It was coming, yeah. Yeah, and, and my time wrestling on Memphis television and things like that, I know that investing that time into a performer, I mean, Nick, you could speak on this. Television time is very, very valuable, whether you have yes. 30 seconds or two minutes. or I think in that episode, you had probably a 10 to 15-minute match and then a two-and-a-half-minute hype video. Yes. Gosh, when, you're, when you get that message or when you see that, like, what are you thinking? That, it's pretty yeah. cool. Man, I tell you, like, when I first started wrestling for Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, and it was in 2015, and, you know, they started us off with, a, it was a five-and-a-half-minute or six-minute match. I can't remember exactly what it was. It was six minutes to go out there and show myself. And now, you know, fast-forwarding, 
you know, I'm being afforded the opportunity to, to come out and have two segment matches with some of the best on the roster. And then, you know, sometimes even added a 30 second promo before the match or after the match. I think that show I had a promo before the match, the full match, and then the 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 the, the video, the hype package afterwards. And that was it was like 20 minutes of me on the show. Yeah. I was like, wow. Like I just felt super honored. Super privileged, and, and I was excited. I remember talking about it with my, with my roommate and stuff like that, and I, I, it just felt it felt good, you know. It was like all the hard work and, and dedication to, to trying to get myself to that level, and it just felt really, really good. I'm super thankful for it. Corey, so that's, and that's the like you mentioned before. It's about it is probably about 20 minutes of TV time uh, when we only have an hour, and even less than that if you take out commercials. So uh, to get that full, we got we we got to see a nice full. Uh, you know, version of, of Danny on that episode. So I think it, I want to say you wrestled Ice Williams that match. It was. Think, yeah, so that was already a barn burn. That was going to, you know, we put that yeah. on the, so the show to draw people in. Um, and that kept everyone's attention. There was a real quick Danny promo, real quick uh, Ice Williams promo leading into the match. Uh, for people who, if they weren't familiar, they already knew that. Or they could, you know, they got a bite of who you guys were. Yeah. So then uh, later in the episode when we did see you uh, get to sit down and we got to look at the personal a little bit more. Everyone who I talked to about that episode, which is a lot, I usually ask a lot of people what they think. Um, everyone said, uh, if I wasn't a Danny Limelight fan already, uh, but after watching that little package, I am a big fan of Danny Limelight Rivera. Wow. Yeah. You know That's what? Good. You mentioned that it was actually a promo before the match, the match, and then a promo after the match. Yeah, with Jamie and, Oh, that's right. The ringside, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Was the, the pa- that's, that's insane. And thank, thank you, guys. That's insane. And And I started getting like a lot of notifications from like Twitter and Instagram and people was like sharing it and commenting and saying all these things that they didn't know about me. And it was just, you know, and I think, I thank you too as well, Dustin, for that day allowing me to hop on the, the YouTube live stream, oh. chat, chat up with everybody that was there at the time, you know, watching it live. It was, it was so much fun, man. Yeah. So each and every Saturday at noon central time, we air our championship wrestling presented by Pro Shingo, not only here in Memphis on the CW30 network, but then also on YouTube. And we have a live stream. And that's exactly what Danny's talking about. And also, I think you joined the live stream on your return. I did. Because I want to talk to you about the injury and stuff here in just a second and see what's a work, what's a shoot, you know, what what exactly happened and all that good stuff. But real quick, Nick had mentioned that he asked a lot of people about what they thought about it. Um, and there were some wrestling fans here in Memphis that had mentioned the promo to me. Now, when we watch documentaries or any kind of sit down promos, sometimes you're like, oh, man, they left that out. Or, oh, man, they made me look this way or that way. What was your thoughts of the depiction that that was presented in that two and a half minute promo package? Was there anything that left that was left out or you wish was included or anything? What was your first thoughts of that? Well, first off, anything at all being included to me was like, enough you know um there's so many talented people on the roster that 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 bust their 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 you know their behinds and they work their their, their tails off they travel towns travel roads and they have amazing stories themselves but the fact that i was given the opportunity it could have been a 30 second clip of everything or 30 seconds you know and that would have been more than enough you know but the fact that they sat there and played the entire interview that that i sat on that, that chair with it and i did with the people back at championships from hollywood it, i was like blown away the, the marine corps had did so so the marine corps had did a similar video a little less than a year ago for me and it was about it was about three and a half minutes long and they put it on on headquarters marine corps pushed it out to the internet and it, it went like all over the place it was sim- very similar video that talked about me as a marine as a drone instructor as a wrestler and a father and then you know 
almost a year later, around the same time frame, you know, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood pushed, and the United Wrestling Network pushed that out. That it pretty much told my story after the military that included my acting and the stunt life that I, you know, that I'm diving into now, as well as my wrestling and my service, and of course being a father. And it was just, it just shows that 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 people, you know, are taking note of what you're doing and like the hard work does does pay off over time. And and like it, it just felt good, you know, to, to in, like to be able to email the link to my mom and be like, hey, look, this this was happening, you know, because. When, when you yeah. chase dreams like this, like some people, they laugh at it. You know, some people think it's silly or they're like, oh, you know, it'll never take off or you'll never get here or there. And then like when little things start coming and coming and something as big as this, that's, you know, aired on TV. You know, I went from it, it was on the Internet with the military and then now it's on TV and nationwide. That yeah. that people all over the country hearing my story. That that to me is like awesome. It, it's like it's really I'm getting like my hair standing up talking about it right yeah. now. Yeah. Hey man, that's 132 different markets across the United States. That's that's a pretty strong coverage, and I know that here in Memphis we saw it. And I, I have to tell you right now, your Marine Corps pictures it looks like a movie. Like you with the hat, and you're you're all buttoned up, man. You look like you're coming straight out of a movie. I love it. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I, I whenever I put the uniform on, and and especially when I wore the cover, the campaign cover, it was just something that I had to look like a poster boy Marine. Like if you went into a if you did. I wanted to just be the image of if you looked at a Marine, if you thought of a Marine, I fit that description and not one of somebody who wasn't meeting the standard. So thank you. Of course. You mentioned a few minutes ago um uh, the fact that you were able to send the link to your mom or that you uh, are able to now that's broadcast on TV. You mentioned in the promo video that how you don't see a lot of Puerto Rican faces on television. Uh, would you talk to us a little bit about how uh, I guess how how important that is to you to be a Puerto Rican face on on television, especially wrestling television. Yes, um, that's a great question. Like it's true if you if you think of Puerto Rican entertainers or Puerto Ricans on TV, there's only a few that immediately pop into your mind. You think of Jennifer Lopez, you know. You, you think of somebody like Mark Anthony, who's an amazing singer. You, other than that, off the top of my head, I can't think of many Puerto Ricans, full Puerto Ricans, that are on TV. You know, a while back they had Primo and Epico representing the island of Puerto Rico, and even that didn't last that long. So right. when, when you think of Puerto Ricans, there there aren't many of us. You know, you got you got Gino down in Arizona, who's one, and, and I can't think of any anybody else off the top of my head that's Puerto Rican, full Puerto Rican, that's representing for us. And for me, that's huge because Puerto Rico is a beautiful place. There's beautiful people there. They've had several struggles and adversities, and they they overcame all of that and you know, to be able to be somebody from that place and, and be on national TV, I'm, I'm, it makes me feel like I'm an ambassador to that culture, to that country, to that nationality. And so with that kind of responsibility, that kind of, that kind of weight on my shoulders, I feel like I have to be proud. I have to come out with a Puerto Rican bandana. I, or when I used to wear the flag, carry the flag with, with, with Gino mm -hmm. back in the day, like that, that's something that I need to do because People need to know that Puerto Rico's like we're here. You know what I'm saying? We're talented. There's so many of us that are talented and we can we're gifted. We could do these things. We just need the opportunity. Yeah. Take us back a little bit further, man. With all that being said, who were some of your favorites growing up? You grew up in Brooklyn, is that right? Yes, born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. So, like for me in Memphis, I mean, I think the territories have their own little place. You know, us, Lawler, Dundee, Andy Kaufman, of course. Who was it that, that you grew up watching and you were like, man, I, that's what I want to do. That's it. Growing up, um, 
my, my favorite wrestler um, was The Rock. Um, okay. He's not from New York, you know. <laughs> he's definitely not Puerto Rican. Who but, can blame you? But but it was something about the way that he, the, it just felt like when he was, when his music hit and he came out, it didn't matter what he was saying, what he was doing, the camera was on him and you were just drawn. You know, like he just had that presence, that aura. And I think I think I was so inspired by The Rock because of his transition into Hollywood, into into acting, into like, yeah. you know, movies and stuff like that. And, and that's something that I'm doing now. And I see the kind of work that he puts in. He's the highest paid actor in the world. And, and the man never took an acting class. But it started from pro wrestling. Somebody else that I watched growing up, I used to watch a lot of Rey Mysterio when he was on WCW. You know, yeah, and now I see that. Eddie Guerrero. Who else did I watch? I loved, I loved, and and this is this may be an unpopular opinion, but I love watching Randy Orton. I think he's one of the best prof- professional wrestlers in the world. Why would why would that be unpopular? I think Randy Orton is is probably one of the best ever. I I think some people don't think so, but but to wow. me, I watch him and everything he does is there's a reason, there's a purpose behind it. There's no wasted movement, and, and the man is just phenomenal in the ring. I like watching his matches as well. Some people, you know, when when that around when he first started, it was either he was either Randy Orton guy or John Cena guy. That's, you know, so it was like, and mm-hmm. I was always Randy Orton, but yeah, I got you. That I watched growing up, I watched a lot of a lot of the cruiserweights back back when WCW really had a solid cruiserweight um, roster. You know, talent full of cruiserweights, and, and, and when you think of like the transition to when. WWE, WWF bought bought it all out and stuff like that. And Eddie Guerrero came. I like watching Eddie Guerrero matches and Randy Orton. And then you know after that, it was kind of like Edge was kind of climbing the ladder after Eddie Guerrero had passed away. So I I I didn't really have a set favorite other than The Rock. And then my my choices kind of like just jumped around between the early two thousands to mid two thousands. Sure, that makes a ton of sense now that I hear that. Uh, having seen your matches and worked with you in some of your matches, that it is very influenced by that, uh, uh, you know, cruiserweight style. Would you speak to that a little bit? Uh, I guess, or when you're when you decided what kind of wrestler you wanted to be, was that you looked to those uh, wrestlers, um, or what, what do you what what put you, what do you put together to create the Danny Limelight Rivera style? So funny was funny stories that when I first started wrestling, the the idea that I had of who Danny Limelight was was like if you took the Miz and Floyd Mayweather and you put them together. Wow. Hmm. And that's that's a personality. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I envision a cocky, arrogant, you know, big big mouth, but can still handle his own when needed, kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like that's what I envisioned. And I I realized that it wasn't who I was. And I, and I realized that, like, the way that I moved, the way the things that I could do with my body, because I, I trust my body way too much. I am not afraid of things and, and, and putting my body through the worst kind of, you know, struggles or beatdown, whatever you want to call it. I, and I was like, you know what? I, I am talented enough to do X, Y, Z. Maybe I need to go back and watch the people that I watched growing up, because the reason why I was so drawn to them was because they can do these things that I know I can do or try to do almost as good as them hopefully one day as good as them or better. And so I started going back and watching, you know, Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero, Halloween Havoc in 97. I started watching matches like, you know, Mysterio versus Psychosis, you know, Mysterio and Juventud. I started watching lots of lots of Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero matches from WCW, you know. And and, and even, even, um, even watching some of, like, Jeff Hardy's matches and things that he used to do with his body and how he trusted his body. I, I watched a lot of John Morrison matches. 
from ECW, yeah. and, and then when he went to, to the main roster, well, ECW was the main roster, but when he transitioned from yeah. the ECW World Champ over into, you know, Monday Night Raw and SmackDown and stuff like that, and guys that moved the way I moved and did the things that I can do and trained, trained themselves the way I trained, I figured why not incorporate that into how I wrestled. That went for a while, and then I realized, you know what, I can also strike. I have I have a martial arts background. Why don't I start applying martial art techniques, more strikes, more submissions into my game? And now I feel like where I'm at now, it's just like a blend of, of being able to fly and being able to stay grounded and strike and, and, and grapple. I, I can totally see that. I see that in each and every one of your matches, um, whether it's the – dragon sleeper or you're doing a springboard whatchamacallit into a ddt uh, you know stuff that there's not even names for at this point but but very very cool so who uh, you mentioned a lot about training and incorporating different things who who was your trainer um so i trained at socal pro wrestling school um however i didn't i was there was some some issues with the school. Sounds like a story. Yeah, I was kind of pushed. I was kind of pushed out. I was kind of pushed out of the school, um, which left me without a trainer. Um, fortunately enough, it was it was a blessing. Mr. Marquez had heard what happened, and not even a month after, I would say a week after I was pushed out of the school, I got a phone call from Mr. Marquez that said he wanted to bring me in with Gino to Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Um, Two months after that, we made our debut. I started wrestling on TV with Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Um, more people started talking about me. I started wrestling Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sundays. I was wrestling so much, mm-hmm. I didn't even have time to actually train. I was pretty much getting training in matches, wrestling with some of the best on the independent scene. And then it was about a year or so after that where I started training with Lil Cholo and Mariachi mm-hmm. Loco. So they start, I started training with them at the OCCW gym in, in Anaheim. It would just be, it would be Friday nights, me, Mariachi, and Cholo. And there are two amazing luchadors who've been, who've been around for some time. And, and they helped right. me take my game to the next level. And after that, after um, I stopped taking that drive to Anaheim and I moved up to, to LA area, I started, tra- I did a couple training classes with Santino Bros Wrestling Academy because Douglas James was my roommate. And so I would go train with Doug. Then I started training over in Burnbank at JLFX Studios with Jim Logan. He had a ring, and I would train with, you know, John Morrison, Damian Sandow, Jungle Boy, Jake Atlas. Um, who else came by a few times? You know, Ryan Nemeth. Um, Brody King came came a couple times. So it was some, like, some some guys that are, you know, on AEW at WWE right now. But I think somebody that yeah. really helped me a lot, you know, John Morrison started – showing me how to incorporate the parkour background into the wrestling and, and when to use certain things. And Damian Sando sat with me and talked to me about psychology of the ring and, and what you should do, when you should do it. And I was just fortunate enough to have so many people that seen some kind of potential in me to give me information here and there. I trained with Jake Atlas um, for about a good six weeks straight, at least once a week, give or take. We were just me and him in the ring sweating it out and he was showing me things. And and, and I was just fortunate enough to, to be able to sit under the tree from all these great, great talent out there man and then just take everything they taught me and, and then make it my own and then uh I, I believe it was mondays and tuesdays it would be me luchasaurus and jungle boy we go to like gymnastics olympia and we'll parkour train and then work on our strikes and work on on different kind of moves to apply into the ring and so uh, I'm, I'm super thankful to jungle boy and, and luchasaurus for taking their time out to come out and do that with me as well 
Um, I think Dustin ch touched on this earlier, but um, when he, when you did come back uh, recently, that you had j suffered an injury right before that. What uh, yeah. talk to us about that a little bit? What uh, what was the story there? And 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 real quick, my thing was was man, you missed the PP3 tournament, so it was like, oh my gosh, that's a, that's a that's a huge tournament to where you get an opportunity. I mean, I don't I don't care what we're doing. If you get an opportunity to be the champion, yeah. you know, you want to get that at all costs. So. Great question, bringing that up. Like the show, was it the shoulder? Because we had heard it was the elbow, and then we found out it was the shoulder. What happened? Who did it? What's up? <laughs> so, um, I I was fortunate enough to have a good run, and I worked myself for, for the good run in the PP3 the year before. So coming into this year's PP3, you know, I had a for lack for no pun intended, I had a chip on my shoulder. You know, I felt confident coming in after having the experience from the year before. You know. I teamed up with Dan Parker the year before, so I kind of had a good understanding of, of how he wrestles and and his his mm -hmm. mindset coming into a match like this. So when I found out that you know the, the qualifying match was against Dan Parker, you know it was like all right, I, I kind of know how he thinks and stuff like that, and I I changed a lot of my game from the year before so that he wasn't ready for, and, and so I came in there ready. I took him out and I was ready for the tournament. How, however, you know I I unfortunately suffered an injury to my shoulder. Um, I separated my acrimonial joint and I'm going to show everybody. Oh, wow. If you see it, it's right here. It sticks out still. Yeah. A little lumpy. It's disgusting. Okay. So that's a shoot. <laughs> that's a shoot. <laughs> yeah, was, you know, um, I remember the ambulance coming and they were trying the, the, the firefighter that came with the ambulance or whatever was trying to, was trying to, or the EMT, he was trying to pop it back in. He was like, and it, it hurt so bad as he was yanking on it, and it would not pop back in place. And I, and after the third time, I was I looked at him and I was like, bro, if it's not gonna go back in, just just leave it alone because leave it alone. Sure, you know, yeah. I ended up going to the hospital in my wrestling gear, so it's it was probably like ten thirty p.m. or so. It just had and, and, and um. I'm in, my, I'm in my wrestling. I'm in my wrestling gear, and the, and the lady at the counter, she looks at me. She's like, "Well, isn't this eventful?" Yeah. <laughs> and I'm explaining to her what happened. They, they bring me into a room. They, they they give me like a little um, whatever they give the people that are patients to like cover their body a gown or whatnot. Yeah, they gave me a little gown, and then the doctor came in, and the doctor tried to pop my shoulder back in. Oh boy! Did it one time, and I was like, "Look, I'm not. Let's let's not do this." give me a sling or something to he's like well you're gonna you're gonna need surgery um and i was like well how long will surgery keep me out oh about seven six to seven months i, I don't have six to wow. seven you know so i was like if i if i if i use the sling how you know how long would it take me to just be able to get range of motion back how long would it take me to be able to do the things i want to do and he said oh just about to the end of april end of march end of april time frame so about three to five months just to be able to like get range of motion and like be able to lift things and stuff like that well i'm radioactive or something because i got into a <laughs> car accident the next week and, and, oh and my like me me and my, my daughter luckily she's okay she was in the car with me uh, a yukon truck it hit the side of my car as I was driving and I had my sling on and it hit the path, the driver's side, luckily, because my daughter, I always hit my daughter on the passenger side in the background car seat. He hit the driver's side. My, my, my arm slammed into the side panel of the door and it didn't set it back in, but 
I heard a pop and I took the sling off and I was able to do this. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. I was like, what? That is, that's crazy. So, <laughs> the next day I went to the gym and I was like, let me just see if I can, you know, lift something. I picked up like a five pound dumbbell and I was able to get it up like this much. And I was like, all right, now I know what to do. I started going home and like doing like spider walks, not like spider. Hmm. It's called spider walk, but, but, I, but I wasn't climbing walls. I was basically like itsy bitsy spidering my hand up the wall to like get hmm. low range of motion oh, going. Good up and down and then side to side and it hurt so much but it was slowly coming back and i was getting the range of motion so instead of waiting four or five months i ended up wrestling one month later oh wow <laughs> what luck a good wrestler down right <laughs> now nah, i mean i'm stuck with this like weird look here but I, but you know i i don't trust surgeries and i, I didn't want to sit out that long had too many people counting on me to be a certain place at certain times, you know, things written in motion, things, things that I want to do myself. You know, I, I'm no longer in the military. So wrestling and acting, that's, that's my, how I pay my bills and how I pay, you know, how, that's my lifestyle right there. So I, I didn't have time to sit on the sidelines and just wait. So. Also, that's, a, that's a tough injury too. Cause on your shoulder, I mean, literally you can't even put your shirt on if you don't lift your arms a certain way. Yeah, so like, I, regular everyday things like if you're right-handed and you got to brush your teeth because i remember having a so shoulder injury thinking oh my gosh what am i going to do i can't do anything I, how am i going to wrestle this weekend i was trying to think like you how am i going to wrestle with one arm <laughs> like like putting deodorant on and having like get my arm up to get deodorant yeah. and, stuff like that and putting shirts i was i was trying to wear like cut off shirts like shirts that i just like cut to work out in and those were a lot easier for me to put on because the the hole for the arm was a lot bigger so it, it let it allowed me to like wiggle in a lot easier before i was able to get like that full range of motion in like the week and a half later so, so are you are you 100 percent now and i know that the, the pandemic could be silver lining there to where it's kept you out of the ring and and kind of let you heal up so are you 100 percent well i i i think that i don't know if this will ever really be a hundred percent but i am 100 percent ready to be back in the ring um i've i've been working out at home i've been staying in shape i've been taking you know my training to a different kind of level i, I consider quarantine like the rehabilitation like the uh yeah. hyperbolic chamber in dragon ball z where they're just training like to the next level that's how i feel <laughs> Throwing my body off things. I'm still going to the parks and running off trees and using everything in my environment to like get myself ready to when we are finally saying, okay, back to the ring, I'm ready to go. And it's not going to look like I missed a step at all. I think I showed you that too when I came back. I had a tough opponent with Steven Tresario. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely, man. You've been killing it each and every week. And you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a, Gosh, I mean, on so many different levels in the real world, it's a it's a shame about what's happened with the pandemic and everything. But but as far as your career personally with and I hate to say with all the hype, but, you know, having all the airtime and then having the hype video and making a big comeback from an injury and all that good stuff. And, and literally the match with Ice Williams was fantastic. So those that are listening or watching, if you have not seen it, you need to go to YouTube on United Wrestling Network or at CW30 Wrestling or somewhere and look up Ice Williams mm -hmm. versus Danny Limelight Rivera. It was absolutely incredible match, but. Um, this is good, man. I, that kid, that, he has that charisma, yeah. he has the juice and he can go in the ring. I, I really had a lot of fun in that match. He definitely tested, 
He tested my injury for sure. He tested me to see if I really was ready to be back in the ring. And he, but we it, could see the we could see the story unfolding that something big was going to happen there, and uh, you were on a roll, man, picking up victories, and then all of a sudden this kind of stopped things. Is yeah. there any kind of worry or, or anything in your mind of, of what might happen when we come back, whenever we do come back? Um, I wouldn't say there's a worry. I, I think that this quarantine, it, it affected everybody. And, and, I, and, and I'm, I'm not the one to think selfish, like, oh, it stopped me from whatever was coming. Or whatever. I know, but, well, but you know, I, but, the business but, we're in. Yeah, 100%. I, I just feel like it's kind of going to be like, like an even playing field. You know, it's how I'm looking at it. It's like the chessboard has been reset. You know, everybody's besides the champions. The champions are, are where the champions are at. Everybody else, it's, it's a whole clean slate chessboard. What are you going to do now after three or four week, three or four month break in between wrestling? Where are you training? Where are you working out? Where are you staying in shape? Where are you preparing your body, your mind to come back? Or were you sitting at home being lazy, not working towards the goal or thinking that it was never going to end? That's not how I think. I think very positive, optimistic. I, eventually, it's going to come back. And when it comes back, I want to be able to go out, show everybody watching that I'm ready. I ain't miss a beat. Whatever momentum I was building, I'm going to do it again. And we're going to push forward. Because that's what the fans deserve. That's what my daughter deserves. That's what everybody that wants to invest in Danny Limelight deserves. One of, one of my favorite things, guys, in, in all of wrestling is when somebody goes away for a while and they come back. For instance, Triple H over the years when he tours quad, and when he comes back, he's got new gear, he's got a new look, he's jacked, you know, like, so that's one of the things is me being just a diehard to the core wrestling fan is I can't wait to see what everybody brings back to the table. And just like you said, Danny, what have you been doing during this quarantine? Have you been getting ready to come back? Or, you know, they say if you if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. That's true. <laughs> I've, I've been i've been working out intensely man I've, I've been i've been i've been training my body i've been training my mind i've been training my spirit um you know the weights whether it's you know i have a bunch of weights in my house and stuff like that that i've been utilizing i have a gym with you know boxing equipment boxing ba heavy bags stuff like that that i can go and beat around um I have a pool in my complex, you know, to keep keep that there going. And I've been doing a lot of things with my mind too. I've been writing a lot. I've been I've been thinking a lot. I've been I've been I've been looking for ulterior, you know, avenues of approach to take when I get back in the ring. I've been studying footage. I've been watching my old matches. I've been watching matches from people that I grew up watching. I've been watching matches from people that I wrestle now with to see, you know, what can I do to elevate my game to the next level. How do you uh, expect or how are you looking forward to applying that to specifically television uh, with United when we come back with Championship Wrestling from Hollywood or Championship Wrestling from Arizona? Um, for, for me, it's like, how do, how, do I, how do I do it? For me, it's, it's, it's almost second nature now. I feel like when, when, you know, to be a TV wrestler, yes, you need to know how to wrestle in the ring. I feel like there's so much more that goes into it besides wrestling, though. You need to be able to grab a microphone and talk when presenting the opportunity to give yourself TV time to talk. Interviews are important. Promos are important. They sell tickets. They sell. They put butts in seats. They 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 build the hype. You need to be able to do that. And and, and you know, I'm currently in school right now for acting. And and you know, all all day I sit behind a computer. I'm reading scripts. I'm working on dialogue. How to present myself. How to talk properly. Working on my voice and my speech. Working on my etiquette on set. Or for example, my etiquette for when I stand in front of a camera. 
Um, and, and it's 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 all a business. And if you're not investing in yourself, if you if you're not taking the steps you need to get better, to learn more, to to educate yourself, then you're slacking. You can't you can't do the same thing and expect different results. I've done the same mm-hmm. thing for a while. I change it up, and I notice as I change certain things and do things differently, I get different results. And I want the same thing to happen when I come back. I bring what they love about me, take out what they don't, and add more of what I've been working on. So it's the same Danny Limelight Rivera, just with a little bit of Sasson. You know what I'm saying? Like my grandma does. <laughs> just a little bit more of that so that it, it gives the fans more of that, mm, this tastes good, I want more. Give it to me. And I'm ready to give it to whoever wants it. So you you were able to come back from this injury through this uh, mixed blessing of a car accident. You mentioned maybe you felt radioactive and then you were doing the spider walk to get your arms up. Uh, clearly you have a lot of, you take a lot of inspiration from comic books. Uh, what, I don't know. What, what, that, what does that meant to you? Yeah. yeah so um, <laughs> um, growing up, you know, my dad, he would, he would come home with comic books for me. Um, if I did good, it was like an incentive because I was a little troublemaker growing up. So it was like, if I ever got a good report card or I did, you know, I did something good. My dad would come home with, with comic books for me, and one of my favorite comic books, excuse me, was for Spider Man. Obviously, the animated, the uh, the Amazing Spider Man series, and I would be able to watch the Amazing Spider Man TV show. And, and so, it's just everything about Spider Man to me. You know, he, he's my favorite character. You all saw it when it was the Year of the Spider, and all my gear was different kind of spider suits from my favorite comic books. Um, and it's just everything that, you know, Peter Parker and Spider-Man, you know, believe in. If you look at a wrestler, you got the wrestler and, and then the person behind the trunks, right? And the same thing with Spider-Man. You got Spider-Man, you got Peter Parker. What's his values? What's his morals, okay? If his morals is with great with great power comes great responsibility. Spider-Man's going to always make the right choice no matter what happens to him personally. If he's going to lose the girl, if he's going to not get the girl, if he's going to, you know, lose a friend, whatever the case may be, or if he's going to hurt himself. He's going to make the decision that is best for everybody else around him, for the community, for the neighborhood, for whoever. With me, it's, I, I believe in those morals. Otherwise, I wouldn't have served my country for 10 years. It's bigger than me. You know what I'm saying? And and, and who I am in the ring is is me, but the, the thought process I put in behind, the, the thought process I put into who I am in the ring it's deeper than just Danny Limelight when his music hits. You know what I'm saying? It's everything that I think about, the mores that I put into, okay, what's the right decision? What's the right route? What's the right avenue approach? Do I need to say this or that? Or can I change my words up? Or can I approach the situation differently? And it all comes with growth, obviously. Peter Parker, he had his growth. Even when he wore the black suit for a while, he was making some dumb decisions. He, he realized eventually that, you know, his mouth was getting him into a little bit more than he could handle, and he was making stupid decisions. And he changed his ways to where he needs to go. And same concept with me, because I've walked the that 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 thin line for too long, I think, where I, I like to dabble back and forth. And now I'm I'm finally you know grown enough understanding the decisions that I'm making, and it's all because of you know yes, comic books, comic books, education, my environment, Brooklyn being the place where I was raised, and, and mentors, teachers, all that comes into effect into a human being. I see it now in my daughter, the way she thinks, the decisions she makes. She's watching me. She's watching her mom. She's watching her teachers, her grandparents, her friends. All that stuff's coming in. Things she's watching on TV. What kind of heroes are she watching on TV that makes her or inspires her to want to be a hero? I had Spider-Man. 
You know, now she's watching, you know, whatever Disney has on there right now. She's watching Elsa. She's watching Anna, two independent princesses that don't need a man in their life to go out and save the world. Those are the things that she's watching. So it's the same concept. And when she's with daddy, I sit her down. I'm like, here, watch this Spider-Man cartoon for a little bit. And then we go back to watching Disney princesses or whatever the case may be. It's it's all deep. And the comic book, man, like the the, the radioactive thing that that I believe in that. I, I truly believe I'm radioactive. I my body goes through so much stuff, whether I'm in the ring or I was in the military training or I'm doing parkour or stunts or whatever. And then I get back up, I brush it off and I'm ready to go. And I, I'm not I'm not the one to sit down and, and, and sit back and be super. Oh, I just need to let my body rest. I'm not ready. You know, I need to listen to my body. No, I need to listen to what's in here. And I listen to what's in here. If I feel like I'm good, it's a mindset. I'm good. That's it. So basically, what you're telling us is you know all the words to all the Frozen songs. I I do. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure there's videos out there of me singing, me singing <laughs> songs with my daughter. <laughs> I want to talk to you about your daughter here in a second, but Blake Bulletproof Troop in the chat, it says Danny Limelight is a life superhero. You're a real-life superhero, man. So I've been okay. watching you for, bang, for bang, probably – what, 13, 13, 14 months now here in Memphis, Tennessee, and I noticed the year of the spider. I noticed the tattoo. I noticed the gear and and your mannerisms in the ring, and I love it, man. I think it's I think it's super cool. And earlier when you were talking about the rock and having the cocky attitude and all that kind of stuff, I'm thinking in my head, that doesn't sound like Danny Limelight, the Danny Limelight that we've been watching. And you said that later that that wasn't really you, but but it, this is – this is exactly what you portray on television to me for the last 13, 14 months that I've been watching. I think it's really cool. Thank you so much, Dustin. Thank you. You got to remember, you got to remember that Spider-Man is a New Yorker. So he is. He's Queens, but he's, he's still, that's still New York City. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, before I forget, little known fact, uh, if anyone's met me in California, they might not know that I actually grew up in New York. Uh, and Danny and I actually went to the same high school, and then we lived in the same neighborhood in Brooklyn. Yeah, uh, I lost my accent, wow. and he obviously still has his. But yeah, it's, right. <laughs> it's a funny story. I I was kicked out of two high schools, and then my my senior year, I ended up in Patchogue, Medford, and I graduated out of the same high school with my man Nick Bonanno here. There you go. I would have never guessed that. Two New York boys bred to leave yeah. New York and go do bigger things than New York. Yeah, for New York, yeah. small world. For New York. Yeah, yeah, a lot, yeah. And, and also a lot about um, what you've been talking about, and we've kind of tap danced it, you know, kind of all around it is your family and your daughter. Man, your your daughter, and and forgive me, I don't know her name. Adorable, Thank you. absolutely adorable. And so I see you on. So now we we've gone through this whole conversation and haven't even mentioned your social media either, which is outstanding. If you don't follow at Danny Limelight, then you definitely need to because you see your daughter on there as well. Yes. Um, Khaleesi Corinne Rivera. She was okay. born, born on April 20th, 2014. She's six years old now. And that little girl, who you could take my bet. I bet whatever you want. That little girl is going to be a star. Um, she, she looks like it. <laughs> I just see. She just, does. Uh, my, my, my daughter is someone who she brings out the best in me man like this you know when i found out her mom was pregnant i wanted a boy i was like boy 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 come on we need that rivera legacy you know i need i need a little man to to bring it home when that little girl came out the womb and i cut the umbilical cord and i 
was there while they carried it to the little bath. And I'm like panicking. I'm watching her mom panic. And I'm like, why is she crying? How do I stop the baby from crying? <laughs> Up until her mom was like, change the first diaper. And I opened the diaper and it's tar. The worst. Don't, Gentlemen, if you haven't had a kid, don't ever be the one to change the first diaper. It's the worst diaper you'll ever oh. change. <laughs> Um, but she, she's the best, man. She's, she's smart. And I know everybody says their kid is smart. Oh, my kid is smart. My kid is, you know, the, my daughter's ahead of the curve. Um, since she was, when she came out the wound, I was in the military. She was with me when I was a drone instructor. I was hard on her. I never let up. I was relentless. But then I, I, I was, you know, I was cuddly and I was holding her when I needed to hold her. But then it was back to being strong and demanding of her because I knew that she had my bloodline. She had those radioactive genes and I knew that she was ready for whatever I put in front of her. And this little girl's already, you know, six years old, already been in commercials, already been in short films. She's acting, she's auditioning for Nickelodeon and, and CSI and NBC and ABC shows, wow. all these things. That she, and she's six years old. She's reading full scripts on her own, memorizing it. She's wow. working, she's doing great in school. Her teacher thinks she's above the grade level she should be at. She's amazing, and she makes me want to work harder because if she's that smart, I know she's watching her mom, who's still serving in the Marine Corps. Her mom's a Marine Corps recruiter right now, so her mom is out there in the streets during this pandemic trying to recruit Marines to join the military, uh, and then she's watching her dad. She's watching everything that I'm doing, and she's like, she has complete polar opposites. Even though me and her mom met in the Marine Corps, I exited stage left. I'm onto entertainment. Her mom's in the military. She's in the middle watching two people through this with her life, there's no way that she's going to say, okay, my mom's successful, my dad's successful, eh, I guess I'm going to go this way, because we don't allow it. Right. Mom and I are on the same page with everything, and we, and we breathe that that into her every day. We breathe it into her, and, and I know that she's going to take it forward and do amazing things. It's about changing the legacy. It's about changing who you are, your family bloodline. My father, I love him to death, doesn't even have a high school diploma. Here I am in college, her mom in college, careers. She's going to go beyond that. And that's the that's the goal, to make sure that the family bloodline isn't doing this, it's doing this. Oh, man, the, the social media stuff that you guys do together and the videos. Yeah. And so when you when you sat down, did at what point did you sit down and show her the video, who is Danny Limelight, and what was her reaction? <laughs> so so she, had, she sees all my stuff. Um, she takes her mom's phone. And she like goes into like TikTok or, or Instagram to watch and she clicks my my name and she, she watches everything that I put on there and stuff like that. But that's cool. I, I when the when the um video aired, it was during the quarantine. It was like the first week of quarantine. She was actually yeah. she was actually with me during the first two weeks of quarantine. So she watched it live with me. Oh cool. She watched it live on the TV. It was it was me, it was her, it was my roommate and my roommate's girlfriend. We all watched it live on, on TV. It was like the first second. It was like the first second week, first or second Saturday of the quarantine, and I had my daughter with me through the quarantine. The Did first. you blush? No, I, I was excited. You know, I, I was hyped up, and she was watching it. And then she seen the pictures of herself in there, and like, yeah, you know, like, but she's used to it. Like, she's used to to seeing like, like me and her together. You know, doing things. You know, it's it's it's, it's not like a surprise to her. She was excited to see herself on TV, but but she's so used to always seeing me and her doing things like this. And, yeah. And, because she was she's and she she she's the inspiration she's the why everybody talks about what's your why what's your purpose that's who she is and everything that i do whether it's a failure i let her know what i failed at how i failed and if it's a success she's right there with me 
it's an indescribable feeling. We have an 11 year old who has seen us be on TV or, you know, hosting a game at FedEx forum or just insert whatever entertainment thing, very similar to what, what you do and Nick, what you do. But it's really hard to get that rise out of your kid sometimes yeah. when they're so used to seeing you do it. So sometimes it kind of it kind of it's not as special as it should be because they kind of get a little bit spoiled about how cool some of the stuff that your, your right. parents do. Are you seeing that at all, or is is she a little oh, too young for that right I think, now? I think she's still too young. I'm I'm hoping okay. I'm like hoping it doesn't change because we have so much fun with that stuff. And I think maybe it won't because now that she's entering the entertainment industry. And she's starting to do things like that. She's more critical of her own work. So oh, good. She sees her stuff on TV or on like on YouTube or on on social media and a video she did. And then she'll sit there and be like, "Oh, I should have did this instead, huh, Daddy?" I'm like, "Yeah, maybe, but what she did worked for the time, you know. And as long as she's growing and learning as she grows, and that's what matters. I just hope that she doesn't beat herself up too much with that. And and the joy she gets from seeing me do well, I hope that doesn't die down either." I kind of want us to always be that daddy-daughter duo, but yeah. kids go through phases. So maybe when she's a teenager, she's gonna think wrestling's not cool or whatever she wants to think. But whatever, I, I, she's still my daughter. So <laughs> what you have with your daughter is encapsulated really well. There's one photo of the two of you with her uh, standing with her hands on her hips, wearing your marine hat, and yeah. uh, that I feel like I, I love that photo. It tells it tells a great story. Yes, she um, a lot of personality. She's she's that's what she is. She's a bubble of personality. Um, when I was a drone instructor, she wanted to be a drone instructor. When I was a Marine, she wanted to be a Marine. As soon as I stopped being a Marine, now she wants to be a wrestler. Now she wants to be, <laughs> she wants to be an actress. And her mom's like, I thought you wanted to be a Marine. And she's like, no, I want to do this instead, mommy. And it's, it's yeah. like she's trying to follow in her daddy's footsteps, but hopefully she'll do better than me, you know, and, and she'll pave her own, still pave her own way in a sense. But it, it makes me feel good knowing that, you know, she wants to do what I'm doing. It's like one of those questions when you have a daughter, it's like, oh, would you be proud if your daughter brought somebody home like you, whether it's a boy or a girl? For me, it's like when I was younger, there were certain things and characteristics that I did, certain traits that I had that I would not be happy. You know, I'm like, oh, I'd be like a little concerned. But now where I'm at in life, I'm like, yes, if my daughter brought somebody home like me, I would, I would be happy for her because I know what I'm doing as a man and she, it's, it's, it's bleeding over into her. She sees it. She's, she's with me all the time. She's looking at me and she's like, okay, my daddy's doing this. Okay. Or my daddy's holding the door. Okay. Or my dad's opening the door or he's carrying all the groceries or he's doing this. She's seeing those things. And, and hopefully that that's what's going to bleed into her brain and what she's going to remember when she's going out looking for whatever she looks for in the future. Does, uh, does she come to watch you perform live often? So, so, um, she used to come watch me perform live. However, after one of my first injuries, I had, I, I broke my radio bone in a match. Um, she was scared, but she still mm -hmm. came back. And then one incident, um, I was wrestling Andy Brown and, uh, she was there in the crowd and Andy Brown said something that really, really hurt her feelings. Mm. And she has Andy not, Brown. She has sounds not, like, sounds like Andy Brown. She has yeah. come back to a wrestling show since Andy oh. Brown. Wow. Yeah, but 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 luckily she hasn't because you know I, I split my head open in November and then three weeks after that I separated my shoulder. That's just things that I wouldn't want a six year old to be around right now because wrestling is very dangerous. And, sure. and the last thing I need to you know 
last thing I need to worry about is, oh, my daughter's scared. She's crying for me, and I'm in the hospital, you know? So I think I think now her mom and I are on the same page where she can watch it on TV. She can watch it with me on YouTube, but no more live events until she's a little bit older. So so just to avoid the scare and, and, and the worry for her dad. Yeah, my son went through the same thing. He was he was scared at first, and then and then he knew that I could beat everybody up, and it was all right. good. Yeah. Right, Dustin. You know, well, Dad, why'd you lose? What do you mean I won? <laughs> <laughs> so speaking about winning and losing, you know we're going to be ramping back up here any second now. I know that there was a Facebook post. I might be speaking out of turn here, but there was a Facebook post in our uh, in our group that said that, hey, this is your warning. Something's coming. So I know you said you're ready, but uh, gosh, are you are you just itching, chomping at the bit? What are we going to see from you when you come back? When we all come back? I'm, I'm thinking to that tactical. I'm, I'm going to think real tactical for you right now, Dustin. What I'm working on, what I'm preparing, what I'm planning, it's, 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 on, it's on paper. It's on board. But it's not something I'm going to share with everybody that's watching right now. I don't, okay. need, I don't need my opponents. I don't need, you know, people I'm going to be in the ring with studying or writing down notes. I'd rather let them walk into the ring thinking whatever they're thinking about Danny Limelight Rivera. And then when they when they stand across from Danny Limelight Rivera, it's something else coming their way. Well, I know I know that there's no real way to to know. And I, we can just speculate because that's what we do in, in pro wrestling. But I seem to remember that you were you were injured. And there was some sort of sneak attack, possibly. We didn't get the full story on that. Mm -hmm. Jordan Clearwater was put into the PP3 Cup tournament. I know you probably don't have any ill will towards him, but it, it just seemed like when you came back, you were on the path of possibly chasing that United Television Championship, especially defeating a guy like Ice Williams and uh, Steven Snap Tresario. You know, you're on a roll there. So is it the Heritage title? Is it the United Television title? Is there anything in particular? Is there something we need to be on the lookout for of, of maybe one of those sneak attacks or anything? And I'm, I'm kind of dancing on the, the line of, you know, storyline and reality kind of thing. So to see what you can give us here. I think that it's very important to me as a man to find out who it was that sidelined me. I think it's very important for them to know if they're watching this. I mean, it could be you, Dustin, for all I know, right? It, it can be. It can I be, guess. It can be, it can be Nick. Look at his mustache. You know? <laughs> that's that's ridiculous. You know how fair I am, Dustin. I was going right to say. Down I, the middle. That's right what down I traded. That's, the stripes are, are white and black. There is no gray area. Um, <laughs> I love it. I, I, uh, I, I don't say if I could make a suggestion to Danny, who's someone you might not have thought of, but I think would be a great uh, title for you to go after. It was. Uh, uh, I don't know if you spent much time in championship wrestling from Arizona, but Ray Rosas is the current Arizona state champion. And I think uh, a, a, a challenging him, I think would be a win win for the audience. And I think that'd be, if you won that title or, or at least pursued it, I think that'd be great a challenge and quite an accomplishment to, to knock off. What? I, yeah. Here's the thing. Championships, everybody wants them. I would love to be able to, to, to be the flag bearer for any championship, any brand, any company. I could sit here and say, oh, I think somebody like Ray Rosas attacked me because he he wanted the fair advantage to win the cup. I could say he had his goons attack me. I can say somebody like Jordan Clearwater, who nobody would suspect to get back into the tournament, attacked me. I don't know who it is. All I know is that whoever it was, all things done in dark eventually come to light. And if taking that person out, putting me in the direction to a championship, 
and I'm going to bust my ass to get there. You got a championship around your waist. You better be ready to defend it. I'm undefeated on my return. I have. If you could look at the record book, Nick, ain't ain't too many times I've been pinned in championship wrestling from Hollywood. That's, right. That's true. Whoever it is, whoever is holding whatever prestigious championship around their waist, this is your notice. Man, all right. I don't. I don't think we could say anything to top that. No. Um, Danny, thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Is there anything uh, you'd like to share before signing off? I just want to take a second to thank the fans. And everybody that tuned in to this stream to, for watching, everybody that pushed it on social media, this, this is a platform for everybody in Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. So hopefully this is something that we can continue to do to push everybody out there. I think this is an amazing platform. I want to thank everybody, both of you, Dustin and Nick, for bringing me on to the show today to talk about that awesome video that all you guys put together. I'm super grateful and I'm thankful for whatever opportunities are coming. And I cannot wait to get back into the ring at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, baby. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Danny, where can we find you online? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at Danny Limelight, prowrestlingtees.com backslash Danny Limelight. I'm not hard to find. You can bet on it. And let me tell you, I personally highly, very highly recommend following Danny Limelight. There's always something good on all of his channels, for real. Thank you so much, Dustin. Dustin, how about you? Where can we find you online? What, uh, what you got going on? Oh, man. So we got a brand new episode of Championship Wrestling presented by Pro Shingle coming up on Saturday at noon. So you guys can join us on the live chat. Uh, the show is different now than what it is that's running on the Hollywood show. So it's cool that you can watch two totally different. You get to watch two new programs every single weekend on on Championship Wrestling. But follow us at CW30 Wrestling. And then I'm at Dustin Starr. It's simple on all the forms of social media. So it was it was a lot of fun catching up with you, Danny. All right. Thank you, everyone. Make sure to follow United Wrestling Network on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter at United Wrestling. On Instagram, it's at United Wrestling Network. And I am at Nicholas Bonato on Twitter and Instagram. So cheers, everyone. And uh, shout out to everyone who networks with United. Take care. Oh, yeah. The proceeding has been a presentation of the United Wrestling Network.